This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. I have Gina Warfel. She's my co-host. Say hi, Gina. Hello, everybody. She always brings the best questions. So thank you for always being here. And then we also have Dr. Janine Kraus. And Dr. Kraus, she is a naturopath. I actually want her to introduce herself because she is really brilliant. She has all these fancy things and she has a really great story. Dr. Janine, go ahead and tell my listeners who you are and why you're so fabulous. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. My head's getting this big now. All right. I'm Dr. Janine Kraus. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm an acupuncturist and I'm a podcaster. And I love health. I love talking about health, but really the most important thing in my whole world that makes my world go round is really teaching people about how to take care of themselves. That's me in a nutshell. Yes. And that's us in a nutshell, but without the credentials. Well, Gina has the credentials. Gina's got all the credentials. I'm just a mom that... They're just letters. I, I, no, yeah. but they mean it's something. True. It's true. You've got the big brains, so don't worry about it. That's the thing. All our listeners have big brains, right? Like if you're a mom, you got a big brain you have intuition, like, and that's what most of our listeners are. So thank you, Janine and Gina for actually pointing that out. Because even though I am just a mom, like we can do really hard things. That's why we're here. That's why we're listening so that we can empower ourselves. And I love that you have that message. You guys, when we were getting introduced to each other, Janine was actually like, you can drop the doctor thing. I'm just a person. And so she's so cool. Her energy is so cool. Her message is so cool. And she also has the podcast. I want to give the name. It's called The Health Fix where she talks all things health and she's got a very similar platform to mine. But today uh, we want to talk about neuroinflammation, food sensitivities, leaky gut, hormone imbalances, and cortisol effects on the body. I know that's kind of a mouthful, but Janine, where do you think we should start with this topic? I think we should start kind of how, I mean, they all tie in together, but I think we should talk about how things kind of bottleneck up in the neck Mm -hmm. and how like foods going in there and like stress is coming in from the brain coming down and how that all ties into the vagus nerve. So I think okay. we, I think we start Ooh. in the neck and where the vagus nerve comes can, out. Can right. you tell people what the vagus nerve is? It's really important, guys. Please tell yeah. us all about the vagus nerve. Yeah. So I like to always make the joke because of the name, you know, like what happens in Vegas. Doesn't stay in, <laughs> this doesn't stay in Vegas because it goes with you. And, and in it. Vegas, it's like the perfect description because we're, we're partying, we're staying up all night. We have no idea what time it is because all these places are designed to keep you totally confused. Mm-hmm. And this nerve is like what keeps you in check. Mm-hmm. It like keeps your homeostasis and, and it keeps you in balance. But what happens over time is sometimes we, we have, and not sometimes, all the time, we all have like little T's. When my one girlfriend, Gina Patel, loves to say little T's or big T's. So we've got little traumas that build up or some people have some significant crap that's happened to them. Mm-hmm. And this builds up. And so then our body can't distinguish between what's a little bear, what's like a legit bear, and like what's threat versus not threat. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of happening in the brain here. But we also have all these nerves that are connected that go all the way down the spine. So can potentially affect every single part of your body, every organ in your body. And because the brain is, is your brain up here, but you've got your first brain, the belly, mm-hmm. those guys really are what we see. And that's where the food sensitivity component comes in. Can I just say, I love that you called the brain yeah. the first, the belly, the first brain. I say that all the time and people yes. look at me like I'm nuts. And yep. I'm so glad I have you on here being like, <laughs> it was the first brain guys. Let's look at evolution. So keep going. I'm so sorry. Keep yes. going. 
Yes. No, and, and it's perfect. I, I'm game for any kind of interruption. I, I can roll. So what's happening like on that, that belly stuff, like we've got all these nerves going near the belly. And mm. this is why it's your brain, right? Because the vagus nerve t- attaches into every single organ and your belly in particular with a million connections. Mm-hmm. And your body has to kind of go like, you know, is not only does the brain perceive the threat, the body's perceiving the threat too. So what happens over time with multiple traumas is we end up getting confused and the nerves end up getting confused as well as to like, do I mount, um, you know, do I send a message back? Do I control inflammation? Do I not? And a lot of people might be thinking like, how does a nerve cause inflammation? Well, it's signaling and it's messaging and it's, it's all about the messages coming back and forth and what molecules were triggering to be released. So if your body keeps triggering the molecules that are related to we've got a fire, we need to put the fire out and it keeps doing that. It's almost like the boy who cried wolf. The body's like, all right, fine. I just keep doing this and and nothing's happening. You're not taking me away from the bear. Mm -hmm. We haven't found the cave. We haven't found the island. So all of that time going by, we end up, unfortunately, with a body that can't control inflammation anymore. And then we've got some things that build up on top of that. And and my biggest thing that I'm going with lately is a theory based on Dr. Kevin Tracy and a couple other folks that have looked at inflammation as it relates to viruses getting into your vagus nerve Mm -hmm. and causing you to not be able to de-stress, not be able to fight infections. Would this be like (laughs) Epstein-Barr with that? Because a lot of people have Mm Epstein-Barr virus and then they get these weird like their liver flares up, their gallbladder flares up, like their gallbladder has to be taken out. And I've been Mm -hmm. seeing a lot where people have like mono or Epstein-Barr and now they have this like GI inflammation. So is that what you're talking about? Like Epstein-Barr and similar viruses like that? Hands down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd venture to say even, you know, we're looking at Lyme, even though Lyme Mm. isn't necessarily a virus, it's kind of like a, I would call it a consequential thing that often happens. Because if you look at someone who has Lyme, chances are they're going to have one of the herpes viruses, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, the monovirus is a herpes virus, folks, you know, and and is that that because it it makes it more opportunistic for the immune system to not be able to fight it off? Is that why a lot of these things go hand in hand? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the I, I truly believe like we get a virus of some sort. It hijacks our vagus nerve and it hijacks the immune system. And then the the individual who gets this, depending on how well, well, how good they're at balancing their stress and dealing with life stressors, it's going to go one way or the other. That's why some people can have reactivated mono and and really, you know, chill out and, and get it not nailed down and they start to improve. Other people just can't because life is building up for them and they're having a hard time getting the inflammation down. Plus, there's also this neck thing I'm going to talk about that. I've really started to dive into now that a couple of friends and I have thought about it a little bit deeper in terms of crap. Before you, this might be why. Before you go into that, I kind of want to backtrack because it sounds like what you're saying is stress creates inflammation in the nervous system. And then we get infections because of that inflammation in that nervous system. And that's a really important component because I see a lot of people and we used to work a lot with people with Lyme when we had our hyperbarics running and our hyperbarics will be running when we move again. But we would do all of this work but there was always the stress component that we could never get on top of. And so people would loop around and around and around, even though labs would start looking better. um, We just couldn't get on top of the stress because the stress aggravated the symptoms. And what was also really interesting too, is we would have people test positive for Lyme. Their whole family had Lyme and symptoms and they had no symptoms whatsoever because their inflammation was down. Their stress was down. A lot of us have these things in our bodies that don't Mm -hmm. manifest into symptoms because it's Mm -hmm. not the right environment. 
So stress equals inflammation in the nervous system, which can lead to these infections and these co-infections. So, yeah, I I was also wondering that while we're talking about the vagus nerve, I just wanted to clarify a mechanism, you know, while we're on that, because a lot of people don't know the the connection between the gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. So while I have you here, I've never had anyone to be able to make sure I have this mechanism correct. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Is it right that our bacteria in our gut, you know, they're fermenting these fibers and the things that we eat and they're making these short chain fatty acids. So with bringing our gut being the first brain, they're making these short chain fatty acids. The mechanism that I know of is, well, that I think is that these short chain fatty acids then go to the vagus nerve and travel up the vagus nerve to the brain to then influence our, our brain's action. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially that's true. And there's also other things that can happen such as the release of serotonin and dopamine too by fermenting foods. And those mm. can send messages back up to the brain as well. We're working right now, I'm not me, but a lot of people are working right now on really categorizing all the communication between the gut and brain. And we're learning new stuff like every day about like, yeah. oh, this molecule goes up, that molecule goes up. Like it's yeah. almost like, you know, you're at the bank back when we used to go to banks and you put the money in the little thing and it gets sucked up in that tube. That's <laughs> how I think of it. It's like, that's a great analogy, which that. is so cool to think about because a lot of people are like, what do you mean the gut is the first brain? Right. Like, what do you mean? So that really breaks it down. That's cool. There's there's yeah. a book called The Gut-Brain Connection. And this doctor who actually wrote the book says that 70% of information going back and forth, back and forth, 70% of that is actually going from the gut to the brain. So the gut is telling the brain more about data input than the brain is telling the gut. So it, I, I think that's actually really cool that there is that dominance that that vagus nerve is really telling the brain more than what the brain is actually telling our gut and stuff. So keep going, Dr. Janine, you're, you were talking about like the next stuff. Are, are we ready for the next yeah. stuff? Yeah, let's move into the next stuff because I think this is, this is our bottleneck. My, my good pal, Jody Cohen talks about this. She has a oils company called vibrant blue oils. And, and she's talking about the neck being a bottleneck a lot. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Last time we talked, I was like, this is it because where do we experience Epstein-Barr when it reactivates itself, we get lymph node swelling mm. in the neck. And a lot of times when we get a virus, we're going to get lymph node swelling. What happens with food sensitivities? Lymph node stuff. Mm-hmm. So our neck area has a direct connection with the brain. The vagus nerve comes out behind your ear. So you've got all this stuff in there. And most people have tight necks because, well, posture, let's say working on computers, things of that nature. And because we're basically trying to put our shoulders as earrings because we're all stressed out and like waiting for that bear to attack us. So I call it armadilloing. So we have no circulation to get rid of toxins. We have no circulation Mm -hmm. to like help the body heal from this stuff. So those those viruses just kind of keep attacking, hanging and, and your lymphatic system is connected to your nervous system, too, because they're signaling between those two. And it just stays gunked up. So the body just thinks like. Well, I guess we're we're still attacking this thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess you know it's Groundhog Day back again. Let's <laughs> do this again over and over. So what I've been finding and and playing with in my office is that if I needle down the neck in a certain way, now not into the muscles. In in most people's case, I'm actually needling kind of like a threading motion along the backside of this muscle called the sternocleidomastoid. So mm-hmm. it's like our our muscle that's on an angle, folks, and it attaches to this mastoid bone. I'm finding that if I needle that and then I add some essential oils in the mix, in particular, I have been using Jody's lymph uh, product from Vibrant Blue Oils and kind of running it down here. I'm noticing that folks' muscles will relax a little bit. 
that night after the treatment, folks are getting an amazing night of sleep. And then they're calling me and being like, okay, so what'd you do? <laughs> I need to repeat this at home. So I'm starting to have some folks, and this is just at the beginning for everyone listening. You know, I'm in my own like experimental phase with this, but I'm having folks working on using oils and working in the neck. Now, if you don't have Jody's oils, I also will use lime and clove. Those have been found to also stimulate lymph movement in the body. Some peppermint can also do it too. Mm -hmm. Of course, make sure you get a carrier oil. I don't want anyone putting essential oils directly to their skin. That's bad news. And uh, I don't want anyone suing me because I said to do that. (laughs) So there you have it. But the combination of those two, along with a little bit of massage every day from the mastoid process down, I'm starting to see that necks are calming down lymphatic enlargement. So the, the little lymph nodes that are enlarged there are coming down and folks are like, I seem like I might be able to sleep better and deal with stress better. Do you have like any videos of you doing that, teaching it? Oh, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, there's one that might be coming out on Reels today, if not tomorrow. My media gal's doing it for me because I am, I can't even handle doing a reel. (laughs) I I still haven't figured it out. I tried one day and I was 10 minutes in and I was like, nope, I will stick to stories and like static posts. So. I'm like, okay, there must be like, I need a 13 year old. I'm going to hire, instead of like for social media, I'm hiring a 13 year old. That's what's happening. Cause I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, there, there are videos and I can send you the raw clips of me doing it. Cause I, I have the combo of it from, from a video I just did not too long ago. So if you guys want that, I am more than happy to send it over. Awesome. To you. That'd be great. Thank you. But do you, yeah. you have a social media, right? Like Instagram. Yeah. So it will yeah. be on Instagram. Cause this is going to get released in like a couple yes. of weeks. So yeah. people can look you up and they'll find it. Yep. Dr. Janine Krause on Instagram. So DR and then Janine and then Krause. You'll find it there. We'll put in the show notes. So cool. Amazing. All right. So once they start loosening up the necks, they start getting better flow, better like immune response even. What else should people be mindful of when it comes to this kind of stuff with vagus nerve stimulation, infection? Like how do we help ourselves with this neuroinflammation? So that's like the, the golden question, right? We've, a lot of us have been hitting up with supplements and things of that nature, ways to try to calm the mm-hmm. nervous system down, but we're not seeing the great effects that I'm not seeing the great effects that I would love to. If someone's seeing amazing effects and let me know, but it seems like nine times out of 10, if we're looking with chronic mono or Lyme or folks of that nature, all the L-theanine, all the adaptogenics, like holy basil, all this, nothing seems to be working. So I'm going, wait a minute. It's not because we need to calm the sympathetic. We need to strengthen the parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a lot of us are kind of figuring that out. And I've, I'm doing a lot more of lifestyle stuff now mm-hmm. and working on, all right, how do we get the calm yes. in folks? And, and there's this great thing called parasympathetic breathing. It's positional parasympathetic breathing. You lay down and you put your legs up. So like your, your hips mm-hmm. are in a 90 and your legs are in a 90 and it's on like a bench. This uh, trainer of mine, Dr. John Russell told me about it and like it changed my life. It sounds Amazing. crazy. And it's starting to help a lot of people too that when I'm like, okay, you got to do it. Like you can't just imagine you're doing it. You have to do the work. Are you going to do thing? Are you going to do a reel on it? <laughs> I want to see I, the I reel of this breathing. <laughs> and what is it? What is it doing? What's happening? Why do we want to do that? Yeah. Yeah, so what we're doing is really sending the signal to the body that there's no bear Mm. because a lot of us struggle with meditation, myself too. And we also struggle to really find boundaries, things of that nature, because as women in particular, we are like amazing creatures and we can do a lot of things, but we convince ourselves that we can't say no Mm -hmm. to people. 
And so it does really go back to mindset and how the mind is looking at things and life. So all of the self-help books and things of that nature, yes, everything that's popular right now is, is useful. Mm-hmm. On the same respect, I have to tell people, you got to do the reps. You've got, just like you're in the gym strengthening your muscles, mm-hmm. you have to strengthen your parasympathetic nervous exactly. system. So I will do this positional parasympathetic breathing. I will also tie it into the gut stuff because too many of us, We'll just be like on the run, shoving food in or eating at the kitchen sink. That's mom central. I'm not a mom, but I hear this from moms all the time. You're describing my life, basically. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and what's happening is your body is thinking and your, and your parasympathetic and your, your sympathetic nervous systems are like, wait a minute. So if we're eating on the run and we're eating at the kitchen sink, we're getting away from a bear. Like mm-hmm. they, we're not relaxed enough. So I have people sit and literally take a minute to two minutes before they eat and just sit there and chill, stare at, stare at the food, like stare at the ceiling. I don't care what you do. Just mm-hmm. chill, but not on your cell phone. Yes. Now I want <laughs> listeners that are listening right now, when you heard Janine make that recommendation, how many of you cringed and died a little inside? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably like 80% of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't, yeah. I don't have time to sit still. What are you talking about? Like, well, how I could you make that suggestion? <laughs> I think it's amazing too, with how many people actually have their digestive issues resolved mm. just by letting their body get out of that fight or flight state before they eat. They're like, wow, my acid reflux went away. My bloating went away. All these mm-hmm. issues that I thought that I needed all of this healing. Not like that's the only cause, but right. it's interesting how many of them get resolved. Well, and yeah. and there's a reason why there's a cute little catchphrase of fight or flight and rest and digest. One is sympathetic, right. one is parasympathetic, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't run from a bear and digest food at the same time. The brain <laughs> literally cannot do that. So that's why a lot of people, when they have those digestive issues, because they're like, I'm getting heartburn. It's like, well, yeah, because you are not in a state where your body's like, oh, let's let's concentrate on releasing gastric juices and enzymes to break down this food. So you're eating food and you're not digesting it. That's why you're getting heartburn because you're in a stress response and your body isn't in the mood. Literally, it's not in the mood to digest food. It's in the mood to like run, 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 run. And so um, I, I really love that you brought that up. I also want to remind any of the listeners who are Gutsy Health members, this month we've really been focusing on the the first stage of healing, which is mindset. Mindset is huge. Like it doesn't matter if you're implementing a gut restoration or a liver detox or you like we are subconsciously going to sabotage our healing like if we are constantly in a stress response, right? It's like trying to heal by pushing a boulder uphill versus using the momentum and letting the boulder roll downhill. So let's really focus, you guys. Let's listen to Janine about like, hey, neuroinflammation, it's a stress response and it's going to lead to all of these issues down the line and infections and co-infections and inability to digest and absorb, which leads to our inability to heal and repair. Janine, what does food sensitivities have to do with this? This works perfectly in segue right into this, because when we're when we're not eating in a manner that we're kind of chill. And yes, I know a lot of people probably died inside, like you said, (laughs) of the the one or two minutes, but really one or two minutes is not that big of a deal. I'm not asking you to go do an hour meditation. Like if I would put my middle finger up at you, (laughs) you were like, that was what you need to do. I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> nope, you got to set your day up. 
So, so this is what I work with with my patients. They set the day up. We work on routines. We work on habits so that we're putting ourselves mm-hmm. into parasympathetic mode one minute, 30 seconds at a time, mm-hmm. because that's what we got to be thinking about. So with food sensitivities, what's happening is we've got two things. One, I was mentioning about the neck bottleneck issue here. Part of it is, is if your neck is dealing with stuff, you're putting food in, your neck's already inflamed. We're adding histamine. So histamine Mm. is a neurotransmitter that comes out in response to inflammation. So if you're struggling with rashes or hives or any of that stuff and you can't figure it out, this could be a neuroinflammation thing. But food sensitivity, I mean, we got to figure out the food as soon as it gets in the mouth. So as soon as that food gets in there, now we have step one of of creating a food sensitivity. Step two, we go down into the gut. Like I said, you're, you're eating on the run, you know, you're, you're grazing off your kids' plates as you're yelling at them. <laughs> it's Nobody true. resonates with that one, do it, they? <laughs> I <No>. sometimes do. <laughs> right? You're like, you didn't finish this. I'll just eat it. Fine. Okay. Go do this. It's, it's, it's life, right? But it's mm. when the gut's like, oh, well, the blood's all in my arms and legs because I'm supposed to be running away from this bear mm-hmm. or my children, whatever it may be in that day. And what's happening is now we've got a gut that doesn't have a lot of circulation. So the food sits. Mm-hmm. The longer the food sits, the longer we have issues that that food molecule might not get broken down, get across in the bloodstream. So get across the lining, leaky gut, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Leaky gut happens because food sits for too long. And when you're stressed out. If you've ever seen a marathon runner that has not had enough glutamine, which is your amino acid that helps your gut lining, they have bowel problems Mm -hmm. with the marathon. Mm -hmm. Why does that happen? Because marathon equals stress for the gut equals bowel problems. You're running a marathon every single day when you don't take care of your parasympathetic nervous system. So bowel problems. Now, leaky gut plus food getting across the bloodstream. Now we start developing food sensitivities. So Mm -hmm. you're like going, all right, I, I used to be able to eat you know, a pizza and be fine, or at least, you know, feel a little bloated, but now it takes me out for three days. I can't like breathe. I feel so bloated. Like I can't think this Mm -hmm. is what happens. It's compounding over time. And that's how food sensitivities really start to develop. Plus a lot of us, when we're on autopilot with foods, we eat the same thing Mm -hmm. day in, Mm -hmm. day out. And then the nervous system and the immune system are like, okay, you keep giving me this dang smoothie every day. Mm -hmm. Same smoothie. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think like the average American has like they expose themselves to the same like five vegetables or something or the same It's a really low number. We do not branch out in our variety in in our society and in our culture. So, and what's your stance on food sensitivity testing? Do you use it in your practice? I will use it to create a point for someone. Mm -hmm. I know this sounds crazy and, and I full disclosure to my patients. I tell them what I'm doing. I I think that food sensitivity testing is going to show what you've been eating most recently. And it's, it'll show us like how strong is your gut lining Mm. now? Are we going to solve the world's problems and the gut's problems, you know, that that you have completely by doing food sensitivity and test, taking those foods out? Well, you can feel better temporarily. Right. But if we don't go back and learn how to rotate foods and we don't go back and learn how to create a space to tell yourself you're going to eat food, that you're going to turn on your breast digest and chill system, mm-hmm. you're going to end up with, you know, all the foods now that you rotated out, then you're going to eat these new ones and then you're going to become sensitive to those. And so, yes, I use food sensitivity testing, but I use it with a caveat on my patients. Like, okay, this is going to show you what you're on repeat with that's causing issues and how bad is your leaky gut? Yeah. That's kind of how I use it. Amazing. Would you say, cause I've actually never said this on air, but I, I actually feel this, but Would you say that if you have like gut issues, 
there's stress issues. There's emotional issues that are unaddressed. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And especially with yeast, mm-hmm, especially yeah. with yeast. When someone has a yeast gut infection, there's no amount of herbs. There's no amount of pharmaceutical medications that I can give you mm-hmm. that are going to work on the long term until you get your mind and your gut right. right. And, and really, you got to get your emotions That's right. That's powerful. That is so powerful. That and, I think everyone needs to hear. And here's one of the mechanisms that I have learned to understand around that, because you know, your bacteria, your, your yeast, it's so sensitive to your environment. And you mentioned earlier, when we're in a stress response, our circulation is going to our legs and our arms and it's not our gut. And so from temperature change to contractions, to, to the pH, it's all completely changing the environment for these yeasts and bacterias to live in. And so that stress environment, that lack of blood flow and that temperature change and that contraction and that pH change, that's all really important. And it has, I don't want to say it has to be perfect, but the body knows how to create a perfect environment for you to thrive in when it comes to good bacteria and good Mm -hmm. yeast and, and controlling that. And what we've done is we've literally revamped the environment for antagonistic things to grow in there and make us not feel so awesome. That's one mechanism that I understand. Are there any other mechanisms that listeners could learn about from you, Janine, or would you say that's kind of like a good one? I mean, that's it in a nutshell. If I had to take like the broad picture and and throw it down for someone. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're creating the environment in our gut. Mm -hmm. I mean, we truly are. Now, are there issues where we get overdevelopment of clostridia? You know, are there, Mm -hmm. are there issues where we have overdevelopment like SIBO and things of that nature? Yes. Do I believe that the mechanism needs to be where we go on attack and kill the heck out of this stuff and make you feel like crap for a while? I'm starting to believe that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to believe because, yeah, I've done it. I've been on, I've been in practice almost 20 years. And mm-hmm. at this point, I'm like, I've made all the mistakes. I've made people feel like crap. You know, I fully admit it. And I'm looking at the point, though. But like you said, it all comes back down to I can mm-hmm. try to manipulate your gut microbiome as much as I want. We can give you like the most strongest probiotic mm-hmm. and rotate the heck out of it and do the whole restore, refeed, blah, 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 blah yeah. program. And if we don't get the stress on point. It's not going to matter. So for people who are listening, you know, there are some people who have the very obvious gut issues, very obvious stress issues. Mm -hmm. What are some other maybe symptoms or things that are red flags to you that are like, you know, we need to actually start with the gut and the gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some other symptoms that might be more subtle? Subtle stuff would be chronic bloating. That's one for a lot mm-hmm. of people that sometimes you push it off. You're like, oh, I'm a little bloated. And you're like, oh, I probably ate too many grains or I probably I hear that a lot. That people are like, doesn't everybody get bloated? <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. It's like, no, it's not normal. Right. right. That's that's one of the ones that's probably my number one that I'll hear. And so bloating is a biggie. Another biggie is like when you eat and you feel like you have a food baby and then you're kind of like feeling gurgly in there and you might not have acid reflux, but you're just like, wow, food kind of sits for mm-hmm. a while. It doesn't seem like it's moving. That's another subtle thing that like, hmm, you might not be making enough enzymes to break down your food because you're basically stressed out. Mm -hmm. So thinking of that nature, the other biggie that a lot of people I don't think think about is like super noisy gut, a super noisy gut, like all the time we got to talk. Especially if we're hearing like some gurgles. So sometimes people have gurgles coming upwards and it's not like a burp, but you hear this like, and you're like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's, what's happening? Yeah. What is that telling them? 
So what that's telling us is that we've got the sphincter between the esophagus and the stomach is opening up. And it's usually because there's not enough enzymes in the, and the belly is just holding too much. And so it's kind of like letting a little bit up and it's not a burp. It's not the acid reflux, but it's just like a little bit of gas. It's kind of like if you, you know, are trying to let a little bit go on the airplane you have nowhere to go. Um, that kind of thing, which thank God for masks on airplanes. Now. I'm like, this, is co- this is where I'm like, I'm cool with COVID. Oh my gosh. I don't have to smell this is comedy here. Janine, like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're hilarious. Yeah, thank yeah, for those those masks, right? But but yeah, going back to that, the burping that also can lead to like acid reflux. How many people are on PPIs? You know, it blows my mind. And those are being like handed out like Skittles by doctors mm-hmm. right now. Everyone has heartburn. Even in my practice, my my clinic, I'm I'm not a doctor, guys. In my in my counseling. I am seeing 15 year olds with heartburn. I'm seeing 18 year olds with heartburn. Like Mm -hmm. it's insane that this is happening to younger, younger people now. Mm -hmm. Like we have issues and we could go into why our younger generation is having (laughs) gut issues in a whole other episode, but (laughs) holy cow. Um, so, okay. <laughs> I'm laughing only because I'm like, oh, you want some serious comedy? I'll go into that one like big time, but that's, yeah. we'll save that for another, another, another episode. Round. Part two, like Dr. <laughs> Janine Krauss, part two. Part two in Instagram filters. We'll go into that. So anyway. <laughs> right. No kidding. Where were we? So w- yeah, where were we? <laughs> no, we were talking about the imbalances that have been yes. normalized. And yes. um, Gina, what was your question again? I'm sorry. So like some of the, the symptoms, the symptoms so, that you might want to look out for. Yeah. I have one more that that's really kind of common that a lot of people don't tie in. Your oral health is mm-hmm. like related to your systemic health. Sometimes we'll be like, oh, my gums keep bleeding or I keep getting cavities. Like what the heck's going on? That is related to gut health too. anything mm-hmm. in the mouth. Like you, you ended up getting a root canal. You ended up getting a crown, you know, all of that stuff. If you're starting to notice that your dental health or your gums are getting funky, we got trouble. Yeah. This is- How about outside of the, the digestive tract? What do you think about, you know, brain fog, skin issues, mm-hmm. you know, joint pains, those, that connection there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The skin is a biggie. And for ladies in particular, one of the things we'll start to see is that we'll get like redness around the eyes, around the mouth, Mm -hmm. sometimes even behind the ears, kind of eczema like stuff. And then it kind of goes away and you're like, all right, I'm good. And then you'll end up with like, sometimes we'll have people that a whole rash in their entire body. That's a yeasty kind of rash usually, but your dermatologist is gonna be like, oh, it must be your detergent. And you're like, I didn't change anything. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything new. And so, yes, those kind of things can definitely be part of it. Athlete's foot, even. I will mm. look back and go, all right, how much sugar are you mm. eating? You know, what yeah. are we doing in that department? And then brain fog. If you're not digesting your food well and it's sitting, all of those signals, remember that tube, like I said, at the bank, if you guys are old enough to remember how the bank tube things go, mm-hmm. it's like that. Those messages aren't getting up there, nor do they get back down very well. And so you end up in this like fogged out yeah. world. I want to add to this that every time without, fail you guys every time it was finals when I was in college UTI every single Mm -hmm. time I'd get a UTI because of the stress right and it like that stress Mm -hmm. changes your microbiome I also drank a lot of chocolate milk back in the day because I would like study and you know they had those vending machines and the chocolate milk was amazing on campus but every time there were finals I would get UTIs and so that's just you know like that's a reflection what everyone says of like your gut imbalance and your stress right and so that was also the same time I got my first root canal was actually in college. So UTIs, root canals, like it was all there. The stress was there. The food was there. The inflammation was there. It was 
It was a nightmare. It was all downhill from there. Just kidding. Um, can we talk about hormone imbalances and how that yes. relates to this topic? Yeah. Yeah. So hormones. Wow. Where do I begin? Let's begin with mm -hmm. estrogen because estrogen will be reabsorbed through the gut and can reap a lot of havoc on your immune system, but also your weight. So we have three different types of estrogen. We have estrone, which is inflammatory. We have estradiol, which we want lots of, and estriol, which is really great for the vaginal area and lubrication and all those good things. Mm -hmm. But what happens is we will try to pull a lot of estrone from the gut and we'll put it right back into the system. This is a big, big issue. The more stressed we become, the more, like I said, blood flow out in the arms and legs. So if you tend towards constipation, chances are you're getting a lot more estrogen coming back in through the gut and hanging out. Like if, you, if you're like, man, I've done all the things, you know, I'm trying to eat clean. I'm not losing weight. I'm getting puffy in certain areas. That's, that's an estrone mm. thing. So that's kind of my biggie in terms of that department. The other side is progesterone. Progesterone is our chill. Mm -hmm. This is our hormone that helps us sleep. It's our calm. It's the one I call it. It like takes the, can I say the B word? It takes the B word down. <laughs> and then, you know, it takes the B word down, the B switch down. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of puts you on a, an even, even keel. <laughs> and what will happen when we're stressed, we'll steal all mm -hmm. the precursors to making progesterone. Instead, we make the cortisol. Yep. So that kind of thing is on one side. The other side of it is that lowered progesterone will jack with what happens with our gut, but with all the, the lining of the gut. Oh. Same thing. We want that good beneficial estrogen. And if we don't have enough of it, we're going to mess with the gut lining too, because it, oh it keeps God. it stable. So lack of progesterone and estradiol will cause issues with like leaky gut, skin rashes, things of that nature, especially in us perimenopausal folks experiencing wow. that joy of life. Yeah. And um, testosterone, not as much to do there. But testosterone tends to follow wherever the stress is going. Mm -hmm. If stress is off the charts in your DHEA, which is a precursor to your hormones, if that guy's off the charts, then the, the testosterone is going to either go really high up or you're going to make a lot of testosterone and back convert it to inflammatory estrogen. Insane. Yay. This is all news to me. Yay. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like all of this is related to like that stress component. Right. Like that. That blows my mind. That blows my mind. I knew about the progesterone cortisol, but I didn't know about like the gut lining and the estrogen and the progesterone, like had no clue that it was so, isn't it, you guys, isn't it so beautiful that the body is like this interconnected web? Like you hurt one area and all the areas are hurt. All the areas are affected. This is why medicine today doesn't work because medicine is put in boxes. You go see a heart specialist for heart issues. You go see an endocrinologist for endocrine issues. You go see a gut person for gut issues. We can't keep doing this. We can't compartmentalize the body because you are not going to find the answers you need. Because as soon as you, mm -hmm. as soon as you pick up one crumb that leads to five more, and then that five leads to 10 and that 10 leads to like 30. It's just mm -hmm. this ongoing revelation after revelation of, how they're all connected. And, and it's not just, it's not like parallel. It's not a parallel. Path. Well, that's why I love how your main message is that order of healing, of healing the whole body. And of course we can't get overwhelmed with everything at one right. time, but right. like sure. incorporating all those aspects, including the mindset and all of those pieces and not just like, what's your issue? Are you just gut? Or are you just hormones? Are you just that? Cause it doesn't work. Exactly. No. No, it doesn't. And compartmentalizing, I mean, in, even in the natural medicine world, we've kind of taken the regular medicine model and applied it to natural medicine. Where we're like, here's all your supplements for this issue. 
Well, it's no different than the really fine print and someone talking really fast about, and this can happen and that can happen and this can happen and that can happen in addition to why you're taking, you know, a supplement. So, so supplements can also cause shifts in other things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard to chase down medicine or, or get your complete body in balance if you're targeting one specific thing for too long. I mean, granted, there's protocols that are short based for something, but long term, you got to go back to the roots. You got to go back to gotten stress. I want to put a small plug in for the summit that Gina, myself and Carlin call are doing in June yes. because we're doing this nourish you summit. And it's all about becoming your own like healing advocate, like becoming the master of your roadmap in your healing journey. And so the three of us are talking, but Gina is talking for one hour just on mindset and like mind body connection and everything that you're talking about. And we're spending a whole hour on the mind and then I'm spending an hour on like the six other areas of the body. And then Carlin's talking about like the implementation, but the fact that we're spending one third of our time on this topic of like, we need to get in the right mindset because it bleeds into everything. That's the one thing. Well, I think that we care so much too about teaching people about looking at that whole body health and yes. chasing all these symptoms Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think almost everybody that I've worked with has been exhausted from mm-hmm. chasing symptoms. Yes. And everyone has skipped over the mindset piece. Everyone has, right? Or actually, I think I see a more prevalent trend. Actually, people are going back to that. It's like, hey, we actually have to face yeah. our demons before we can fully heal. Otherwise, we're just going to do this loop-de-loop over and over again. So absolutely. So Janine, thank you so much for for bringing that to our attention Anything else about this topic that you think listeners need to know or learn about when it comes to, you know, gut, brain, mindset, hormones, any other like things that you think we'd love? I think I think the basis that I didn't talk about is is where you start mm-hmm. and really yes. starting to look mm-hmm. at your, your habits and routines first. Mm-hmm. Looking right. at like, where are you triggered? Where yes. are you getting stressed out? Where are you not taking time to sit down and eat? And what can you do to change that? Mm-hmm. But also so many people don't take breaks during the day. And now we have this like lack of disconnect between work and home because so many people are working at home. Mm-hmm. So it's going back and like assess your day and assess your day for at least a week. And I know some people might cringe. Okay, fine. You don't want to do that. Do at least a day where you know like what you're doing and where you're literally self-sabotaging your ability to put yourself in parasympathetic mode. Once you know more about you, then you can go back and go, all right, where can I make one change? Because it's not about like an all or nothing thing. Every little bit helps. Mm -hmm. So you change one thing, you master that, then move to the next thing, master that. And then you're going to start to see a lot of change happen over time. It's nothing with this is going to be quick. I have to always tell folks like I do not have a magic pill. You have a magic brain and belly that are going to communicate and you got this yourself. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Mm folks here. We're here to help guide them. We're here to help and and just cheer on, but also for accountability because it's really about the little reps. So if you had like five things that maybe somebody could be like, okay, here's a couple like boom, 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 like maybe a checklist of things that they could start working in. Like what would those like maybe five tips that they could work in right away? Okay. So first would be, of course, the routine, assess that. Mm -hmm. The second would be set up a routine where even if you give yourself 30 seconds before you eat, set Mm -hmm. that up. The next one would be to take a break during the day. I don't care if you stare at the wall. I don't care if it's a minute long, 
do that. I also recommend with time kind of adding in that positional parasympathetic breathing. And that could be like a minute if you can lay down on the floor for a minute doing that. But take a break during the day. My fourth one would be hammer down your evening routine, Mm -hmm. meaning hard stop on work. And then we're working on easing in to the evening. Also like screen Mm -hmm. time, all that that everyone's Mm -hmm. ever heard. I mean, it's, it's nothing new. But the reality of it is, is our evening routines are what we suck at yes. to help ease ourselves in the evening. Because if we don't sleep well, nothing else can happen either. That That's part of stress management 101. And, well, and, last, and how many people have sleep disorders, right? Like how many eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, like these are the ages where I'm seeing these sleep disorders and it's blowing yes. my mind. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Keep going. No, you're fine. And then my last one is something that seems to be the hardest for everyone. And I don't know why this is for females. Guys seem to have it down. But us ladies, we need to come up with one thing a week that feels luxurious for us Mm. to get time away on our own. Yeah. Our own. I love that one. (laughs) That is key. I don't, and it doesn't matter what you do, but being alone. Because most of us have family responsibilities, things of that nature. And like, literally, if you think about it, when is the last time where you really didn't have anyone talking to you besides maybe when you were sleeping or trying to sleep? Right, exactly. So time alone, once a week, doing something, doesn't matter what, just no one talking to you. And I want to add to that, put your phone on airplane mode because if you're alone and you're on your phone and you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook, you're actually not alone. You are, yeah, mm-hmm. you're plugged into other people's energies and other realms, not realms, but other Probably people's triggering worlds. triggering your nervous system. Exactly. Yeah. Like leave, yeah. your, leave your phone at home if you can. Like go, and this happened to me last week. I went for a hike without my phone, panicked for the first five minutes. The last <laughs> 20 was luxurious. I was like, why don't I do this more? You know, and this is like, and, and I realized I am the pot calling the kettle back because I just realized two weeks ago, I'm a workaholic. So I, I've been having like these come to Jesus moments where I'm like, holy cow, I need to take care of myself. Like my self-care is so bad and I'm telling people to take care of themselves. So ladies, let's look at ourselves. Let's look at our lives. Like, let's be really honest with ourselves and be like, on a scale of one to 10, are we tens? You know, let, let's get down to like relaxation and self, like true self-care. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does not mean a bathtub with a big old glass of wine. That is not self-care. So mm. yep. there we go. All bathtub. Right. Yes. Lock the door, put the phone out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> the big glass of wine, not going to help you in that situation. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Thank you so much, Janine. This has been amazing. How can people find you? Because you're just fantastic. People need to go listen to your podcast. It's called The Health Fix. But what are your other platforms? We know Instagram, you're Dr. Janine Krause. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, are you see- taking on new patients? I am taking on new patients for acupuncture right now because I have this, it's my ulterior motive. I get people in for the acupuncture to start moving things in the neck. Plus it's also the only time that I can get people off their phones to not Mm. do anything because I'm sticking needles in them. They're not going to move. It's kind of my secret. It's my secret spice there. So what's happening in my office? If you call my office, I'm not taking new naturopath because what I'm doing is working folks into programs, Mm. including acupuncture in person. So I'm in Tacoma, Washington, and I'm in Renton, Washington. I have two offices here. Now, if you want to see me virtually, by all means, send me a message via my website, which is drjkrausnd.com. You can find all my resources. You can find all my quirky things about me. And there you will see see it all. So that's where I'm kind of directing folks at this point to, to hook up with me because we're going to have some programs coming up here in the next month that'll kind of showcase 
all the things I, I mentioned today. And then I am on Facebook as well, but I, I like Instagram a lot more. So there you have it. And I do have a mm-hmm. Facebook group that goes along with my podcast. The health fix is the Facebook group is called find your health fix. And we talk about all the podcasts. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your energy, for your wisdom around all of these things. It's so funny, Gina, don't you think how a lot of these episodes we've been doing lately, we kind of take it back to mindfulness again, like mindfulness, Mm -hmm. like mental state, like this is so important. Yes, the food's important. Yes, supplements can be important, but like we can't skip this step because it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's the mind controls the body. Mm-hmm, it truly does. So Janine, thank you so much again. This was fantastic. And it was so fun to have your energy on here. And like, I don't think I've laughed this hard in an episode ever. So, <laughs> and learned so many new things. So thank you. And thank it's you, Gina. No, oh, yeah, this was great. Awesome. Awesome episode. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And until next time, bye. 